Welcome to the Aiden Mari podcast and thank you for listening. This is a podcast where we like to explore faith, the Bible, and trying to better follow Jesus. This podcast is a collection of sermons, interviews, and also me just rambling about different things about Christianity or what's on my mind or conversations we're having. We're trying to upload weekly, so hopefully that happens. So I hope you enjoy and let's get on with this week's episode. How many of you guys have ever heard of a hand-me-down? Hand-me-down, anybody? Come on, hand-me-down? All right, all right. Well, if you are an only child and you've never heard of a hand-me-down, let me explain it to you real quick. A hand-me-down is essentially something that your older sibling has that gets handed down to you or other people give you. Usually it's within the family, but I, I, I could be wrong. It could be, uh, could be from someone else from the outside. But it's usually something that gets handed down to you from someone else who is older usually. So, like... Eventually, the shirt doesn't fit them because they grow. They give you the shirt that fits you that doesn't fit them anymore. That's what a hand-me-down is. Now, uh, black tie was last, last week, right? Anybody at black tie? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Holly was at black tie, made a very uh, good impression on everybody. Uh, <laughs> inside joke. Uh, uh, she ate a plant that she shouldn't have eaten. Uh, <laughs> Uh, black tie, right. This is where I was going. Okay, black tie. Emily came to black tie. She looked beautiful, as always, looking good. Um, but there was one thing I noticed, okay? I looked down at her shoes, and they were nice shoes. Okay, I'm not bashing the shoes. I just looked down at the shoes, and they didn't fit. <laughs> so it was like, it was, I just kind of looked at the shoes. I was like, huh, they look a little, a little too big. And she eventually showed me, and she, like, had to, like, work to walk in them to make sure that she didn't fall out um, because the shoes were actually her sister's. And her sister has normal-sized feet. Emily has actually a child-sized feet. So it, uh, it's, not, it's not making fun. That's actually just legit. Uh, she gets really cheap shoes, really good deals. Um, but these shoes just didn't fit. And, and so it was kind of funny to watch her walk around and try to make sure these shoes didn't fall off. Now, with that, you're wondering, okay, Aiden, this is great. Every time you tell a story at the beginning, it has something to do with the Bible. What's this got to do with anything? Well, let me tell you. Um, when it comes to our faith, I think sometimes it's easy, especially as we're maturing, um, I think it's easy for that our faith is actually someone else's that's been given to us. And sometimes it feels like Emily walking around in her shoes, where sometimes your, 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 your faith doesn't feel like it fits, Right? And sometimes you feel like you got to watch yourself just to make sure you don't fall out. And I think that's because, as Mark is going to show us, faith isn't a hand-me-down. Faith isn't supposed to be something that you get from someone older than you and you just have what they have. Faith is supposed to be something that's real and personal and that you experience. And so we're in the book of Mark. And Mark is a book in the Bible found in the New Testament that is written by a guy named John Mark. And what he's writing about is Jesus' life. So it's a biography about Jesus, what he did, who he was, what he said. And so we've seen Jesus be baptized. We've seen Jesus call his followers. We've seen Jesus do miracles, tell a bunch of stuff. Last week we saw Jesus say, who do you guys think I am talking to the people who are following him? And they said, you're the Messiah. And a Messiah was a word back then for like Savior, someone who comes to save you from sin, death, and evil in the world. And that's who they saw Jesus to be. And so that's where we left off last week. And this week, Mark wants us again to hear this, that, that faith isn't hand-me-down. And so what happens with this story is they just profess their faith. Peter's like, hey, uh, Jesus, you're the Messiah. Jesus is like, that's awesome. And then uh, Peter does a bad thing, and then he goes, ooh, 
tell me more about what you're going to do. And Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to go to a cross. I'm going to get arrested. I'm going to be beaten, bruised up, crucified, killed. But don't worry, three days later I'm going to come back to life. And that's actually how I'm going to defeat sin, death, and evil. And then Peter goes, heck no, that doesn't sound right. And, and he kind of rebukes Jesus, says, hey, stop that. You, you're the king. You don't need to die. And then Jesus goes, hey, get behind me, Satan. And what he does there is he's like saying, hey, you're not on my team. You're actually on the wrong team. And then, you know, Jesus says some more stuff. And then this happens. Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, uh, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, three of his 12 disciples, and he led them up to a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. And then Elijah and Moses appeared, and they began talking with Jesus. So this is nuts. Jesus tells these guys these things. He grabs three of his boys. He's like, hey, boys, let's go up this mountain together. They're like, okay, we'll go for a hike. They head up the, the, the mountain, and as they go up the mountain, what happens is all of a sudden Jesus just like transforms. And all of a sudden he's glowing white, whiter than they can describe. They're like, we don't even know how to tell you this. It's whiter than any bleach could make white, which is pretty white. And then it says that these two guys show up, and Jesus just starts chatting with them. Like, this is just another Tuesday for Jesus. You know, I'm just glowing white up here. Um, and it's just these guys named Moses and Elijah, which are super important. So if you don't know, Moses is a guy in the Old Testament at the beginning of the Bible who God chose to save Israel, who was a group of people. And what Moses did is he went to Egypt where um, they were being enslaved, and, and he went up to Pharaoh, said, hey, let my people go. Pharaoh said, no. Long story short, eventually God convinced Pharaoh to let uh, the people go. And they left. And Moses was given this thing called the law. Now, the law was this thing God wanted um, Israel to do in order to actually follow him. And so Moses is known in the Old Testament for being this guy who actually gave the commands of God to the people. He, he's actually the guy who brought God's words to people in a way that they could actually understand and obey and follow. And so that's one of the guys who's with Jesus on this mountain. And by the way, he's been dead for a long time. So it's very weird that he's with him on the mountain. The second guy is a guy named Elijah. And you might know him, you might not. He's a little less known. And he's what the Bible calls a prophet. And a prophet was, was someone who spoke for God. So God would tell Elijah specific things that he was supposed to say to people. And he'd go out and he'd say them. And he was one of the greatest prophets. He did all kinds of signs, all kinds of miracles, um, and God really used him. Fun fact, he never actually died. He actually got into a chariot, um, like a heavenly chariot came down, kind of picked him up like a taxi, and then he went up into the sky. And that was the last I saw of him. That was a long time ago. And right now he's with Jesus. And so Peter, James, and John are kind of like, whoa, this is nuts. <laughs> this is crazy. Like, I know that we thought that you were the Messiah, but now we're like seeing it full on. You've got the law, you've got the prophets, and then you've got Jesus, and he's glowing white, and it's crazy. And the thing is, this is such, this is such a far story than what we experience normally, right? Like, this isn't every day for us, where Jesus just shows up glowing white with all of these Old Testament people in your room, and he's like, here I am, just chatting it up. Uh, is it okay if I sit on your bed and talk to these guys for a few minutes? That's not usually what happens. But I don't want you to miss something because what Jesus is doing here is important and it actually involves you because Jesus actually wants you to experience him. And so if faith isn't a hand-me-down, God actually wants you to have your own experience with him. 
and it's not going to be crazy on a mountain, Jesus glowing kind of experience. I'm talking like Christians have these kind of experiences where they feel God's presence and that it's real and it becomes real to them. So for me, when I was in high school, I worked at a Bible camp, and eventually, I, I, I don't know what happened. One morning, I was like, I'm going to wake up early, which is like a miracle in itself that I woke up early. And I, and I went out to like this lake, and I sat there, and, and I just kind of looked. And I was by myself with my Bible, and I just kind of looked out. And I like felt the presence of God there with me. And in the same way, something became real to where when I looked out and I saw the lake and the birds and the trees and like the hills in the background... Like, something hit where I was like, wow, God, like, you made this. This is nuts. And I had kind of my experience with God where, where, where I, I got to kind of experience Jesus in a special way that wasn't like what it was before. And it wasn't crazy on, like, uh, some mountain and Jesus showing up. It was actually really personal and really normal, but it was a way that I actually was able to experience God. And so I want to ask you, have you ever had an experience like that? Or have you just heard from other people experiences like mine or maybe uh, your parents or your brothers or Curtis's or your small group leaders? Have you just heard experiences? Or have you actually had an experience? And here's the thing. I want you to know this. Jesus actually wants you to experience him. He wants you to be able to feel his presence and and feel that he's real and show you um, that he's there and that he loves you and that he's God. Have you experienced this for yourself? But... We're on the mountain. Crazy stuff's happening. These guys are experiencing God in a nuts way. Um, And then this happens. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's, uh, let's, Let's make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say. For they were all terrified. I think that's fair. Um, And then a cloud came and it overshadowed them. And a voice from that cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. And so what happens here is Peter is just like, He's losing it. He, he's seeing all this stuff. He doesn't know what to say. So he's just like, let's, uh, let's, let's build some, some houses here for you guys. How about that? Sound like a good idea, Jesus? And then God kind of hears this, and he's like, all right, Peter's kind of losing it. I'll help him out a bit. And he sends, like, this big cloud down, which is, like, a, a symbol for God's presence. He sends this massive cloud, and it kind of covers Jesus, Moses, and Elijah to where the disciples can't see them anymore. And, and then they hear a voice call out, and it's God the Father's voice. And it says this. It says, this is my son. Listen to him. And the cloud lifts. And Peter doesn't see Moses anymore. He doesn't see Elijah. The only person he sees left is Jesus. And what's actually happening here is God is telling Peter, hey, all your life you've kind of heard these stories from these guys, from Moses and Elijah. But I want you to know that something greater has come. It's actually my son Jesus. It's God in the form of man. And I want you to do one thing. I want you to listen to him. I want you to listen to him yourself because your whole life, Peter, you've had other people tell you about God, what he said, what he wants from you. But I actually want you to hear from him yourself. And I think this is us too. I think it's easy to come to youth and and, and to come to church and to hear a bunch of people tell you what God says, to tell you who God is and what he wants for your life. And it's easy to just come here and just hear me talk to you, hear your small group leaders talk to you, And let that be how you know and understand God. But I think God wants something deeper. 
I think in Jesus, God's actually opened a way for you to actually hear God yourself. You don't need a middleman. You don't need me to, you don't need to wait every Friday to be like, oh man, I can't wait for Friday so I can finally hear from God uh, when Aiden speaks because that's crazy. <laughs> and, and I don't think that's what God wants. Instead, God's actually provided this great tool called the Bible. And in there are the words of Jesus. And I think what God is saying is, hey, are you just hearing all of this stuff about me secondhand? Are you, are you kind of like Peter where you've heard what other people have said about me? Because I want you to know that now, in Jesus, there's this new thing where you can actually come and hear me for yourself. Pick up my word and read it. And, and read for yourself what I have to say. Read, read, read what I want for your life. What I have in store for you. How much I love you. Because a, a relationship that's just sent through a messenger isn't actually much of a relationship at all. God actually wants people to, to have this kind of faith where they're able to listen to him and sit down with him. And so I want to ask you, is it kind of a hand-me-down? Is what you know and hear about God, is it just what's passed on to you? Or is it actually something that you, that you have yourself, that you've experienced? Do you actually spend your week listening to Jesus? Or is this about all you get when other people are telling you about it? Because I think God has so much more in store for you than that. But that's not it. So that ends. The whole crazy thing ends. They're all in shock and awe. And then this happens. So they go back down the mountain, and then Jesus told them, don't tell anyone what you just saw uh, until the Son of Man, which is another uh, name for Jesus, has risen from the dead. So Jesus says, don't tell anyone about what you just saw until I rise from the dead. And so the disciples kept it to themselves, but they often asked each, each other what he meant by rising from the dead. And so here's the thing. If you've been with us uh, in Mark for a bit, you know what Jesus is talking about. He's talked about it a ton. Um, what Jesus is talking about here is, is he's told the disciples point blank, hey, I'm going to be taken. I'm going to be killed on a cross being nailed to it. And then in three days I'm going to come back from the dead. Seems really simple to understand. But here's the thing, the disciples still don't get it. And the crazy thing is they just had this crazy experience with God. They've just heard God. They've heard all these things. Um, but they don't really believe it yet. There's something missing in them still. And I think that, that that's a lot of us. And I want to ask you, are you like the disciples to, to where your belief in Jesus isn't really there yet? And maybe it feels like that shoe that Emily wore, where you've been passed on this thing from your parents or someone you know and love about Jesus, but it doesn't feel like it's yours yet. It doesn't really feel like the shoe fits. And, and I think what God is calling us into is to actually have a faith that isn't a hand-me-down. Have a faith that isn't just given to us by someone else, but actually we're able to have this faith where we get to experience God for ourselves. We get to hear God for ourselves. And, and we get to believe God for ourselves. And what Mark is saying here tonight is that faith, it's not a hand-me-down. It's not something that your parents believe and so it's yours. It's not something that we believe here and so it's yours. It's actually something that's, that's for you. Because God's personal and he wants a relationship with you. And so faith just can't be a hand-me-down. So I have three questions for you. First, have you experienced Jesus? Have you, have you had kind of an experience like me, where, where God has become real to you, in, in a sense, where you felt him. Maybe it was during worship today, where you felt something that you haven't felt before. 
Maybe it's walking out in nature and there's been a time in your life you can look back and be like, oh yeah, I've experienced Jesus. Or maybe it's through reading the Bible. Maybe there was a time that God became real to you. But do you have an experience that you can be like, I felt God in that moment. Do you have an experience with Jesus? Second, are you listening to Jesus? Is, is your faith just, just hearing other people talk about God and what he said, or is it actually something that you have yourself? Do you, do you open the Bible during the week and, and see what God has to say? And that might be intimidating because you're like, I don't know where to start. We would love, love, love to help you with that, even if it's a verse a day. Just something to help you start hearing God for yourself. To kind of cut out the middleman where you don't just wait for Friday to hear from God, but actually you're hearing from him every day of the week. Are you listening to Jesus? And lastly, do you actually believe in Jesus? Are you like the disciples where it doesn't make a lot of sense yet and they kind of understand what's going on but not really? It's kind of like Emily with that shoe where she's got the shoe on but it doesn't really fit because it's too big. Or is your faith actually your own? Is it a shoe that actually fits? Is it something that, that was actually made for you that you've actually owned yourself and taken a hold of? Do you actually believe Jesus is God? Or is it just something you've been told? Because here's the thing, faith isn't secondhand. So I'm going to pray, and then you guys can go to small group. Uh, dear God, we want to thank you for tonight. We thank you, God, that you are a God who is personal, that you are a God who wants us to experience you, that you want to speak to us, and that you want to provide for us faith. God, I, I pray that you would help us to not let our faith be a hand-me-down, to not be something that, that someone else has talked about that we hear about or something else we've been given through someone else, but actually that it would become our own, that we'd be able to actually take ownership for our faith. Help us, God, to wrestle through these questions and help us, God, to, to actually have a faith that's our own. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.